Hey, and just a quick reminder that the audio-only versions of these Vital MX interviews are available on the Vital MX podcast page. Search for it anywhere you get your pods and let your friends know about it. What's up, guys? Jamie Guida back with Vital MX with another rider check-in. This week, I've got Hunter Yoder from Team PRMX Kawasaki. What's going on, Hunter? Oh, nothing much. Just hanging out today. Going to do some riding here in a little bit. And uh, Yeah, just got back from Australia two days ago, maybe. And I'm um, back at the southern border now. So, uh, ready to do some, some hammer time and get ready for A1. Yeah, you were just telling me before we started recording that you're you're getting to the practice track a little bit later than some of the other guys. Uh, are, is that on purpose to, to get a rougher track or just a busy morning? Um, no, so actually, I mean, it's a little bit of both. Um, today's my first day back riding, so I'm not going to do um, a whole lot today. Uh, but I am going to try a new setting. Uh, but the suspension guy was coming from Florida to South Carolina. So he he left maybe last night, and then he couldn't make it all the way. So he just pulled in maybe about an hour ago. Okay. Um, so we were just waiting on him. That makes sense. Well, let's talk about 2023. You were on Team PRMX, Kawasaki, and uh, 14th overall, I believe, in Supercross. And really your first full season when you look back on the season, what did you learn? What are your thoughts? How do you feel about your performance? Um, I feel really good about it. Um, I know 14th is nothing crazy, but I really had no clue where I was going to be at. Um, after my my first year, I I didn't. I only made two main events, so that was kind of a a wash, if you will, and then coming into this year i was not unprepared but i i had no real like guidance um i didn't have a trainer i was just doing all my own riding stuff um so i had no idea how i was going to do um but i really surprised myself with a lot of different things you know um i qualified inside the top 10 twice or three times maybe um, I, most of everybody saw, I, I led some laps in a heat race, which was a big, a big thing for me to check off my list, you know, to, to lead a pro race, like and a, a pro supercross at that is, um, something not many people get to experience. So for me, that was awesome and a big confidence booster as well. And then there was just a lot of things that I, I slowly learned and got better at, which, I didn't even know coming into the year. So for me to do, you know, some, a couple of those things, it was uh, a big year for me. Can you give us an example of something that you learned that you weren't, weren't thinking you would learn or you didn't know? Yeah, just, there was a lot of different things. You know, I talked to a lot of people that, that say it takes three years at least to kind of settle yourself into supercross. Um, but the, the first one would just be like everyone is ready to go as soon as the, the flag drops in free practice. And, um, you know, I, I had to work on that because I want to be a top guy, obviously. So um, I needed to get out there and ride with the top guys and learn to track quick, which I'm able to do 
pretty good most of the time, but it was something I, I worked on a lot coming into the season and even during the season, like when I got to a new practice track or got to a new racetrack, I, I really tried to dial it in by lap two or three. And when you, when you do track walk, it's one thing, you know, to kind of guess the the rhythms that you're going to do or the combos in the, on the track, but it's a whole lot different when it comes race time, you know, the lines form different and you'll get acceleration bumps and braking bumps. So that was something I had to take into account as well. You know, trying to picture the track um, in race shape instead of when it's smooth and we're doing track walk. Okay. Uh, you also mentioned a minute ago that last year you weren't really as prepared. You didn't have a trainer. What, what do you, what's your program for t- going into 24? So uh, around this time last year, we had a guy that was a, a local trainer in Florida. He came up for a couple of days, kind of did a tryout run with us, um, maybe for two days of riding. And then I ended up going home for Christmas. So it was, that was like the last two days of my off season or my preseason, I should say last year was with, uh, uh, the coach and then it went, by a couple weeks and I think he came to round three or two maybe and he ended up being full-time trainer um for the Partzilla PRMX team and he's back again for a second year so me and him have grown really close over the last nine months and he's back again which I'm super pumped about and um he was my trainer through the uh summer as well yeah um so that's kind of the program for now. Okay. Um, he, d- he does all my riding stuff and my in the gym stuff as well. So it's nice to, you know, have the same person all around. Yeah. Very, very helpful. That's good. Uh, hey man, as I recall going into last year or before 2023 into 22, were you considering not racing for some reason? I feel like that was something I remember. Yeah. Um, I, I've kind of made it known, yeah. um, you know, if if you watch the Pulp MX or anything like that, I, I've kind of made it known because it, it really was a, a big thing, like, in my in my life, honestly, like, in my career as well. Um, it was, like, I've always been, like, super pumped to go ride and race, and that was the first time ever that, like, I didn't want to be around dirt bikes <laughs> anymore. Um it was just really the 2022 year was really hard on me mentally. Mm-hmm. And there was multiple things before that, that kind of led up that didn't really bother me at the time. But then after this, the season ended, that was when it all kind of piled on top of me. I came in with a lot of big expectations that I didn't even come close to. Um, so that it really took a, a big toll on me at the end of the season. Yeah, that's the stuff that a lot of the fans don't get to hear about all the time, and, and that's that's really crazy, right? What difference a year makes? Because now we're basically a year later, and it sounds like with, with the way you've been racing and getting prepared for 24 that you're you're back in the hot seat. You're ready to go. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's been publicly announced yet. I think it has, but 
uh, you know, I came last last year, about a year and a month ago, I came to SOB for the first time. And that was when Julian obviously just offered me a ride. And it was kind of my last last resort, you know, and I, I didn't know anything about Julian or his team. I was literally just going out on a limb, trying to do anything I could to make it work. Um, and then obviously I had a, a good year and now, uh, actually have a two year deal with Julian. So I'll do 24 and 25 with him, which I'm over the moon about. So like you said, it's crazy what a difference a year makes. Like, you know, from not racing to a two year deal in a span mm -hmm. of about 12 months, it's pretty wild. Yeah, and that deal is to to race AMA Supercross, Super Motocross, and Canadian Triple Crown is what I what we reported at Vital. Uh, yeah, the Canadian Outdoor Series, and then if if it lines up, you may see us at a couple uh, AMA Outdoors as well, just to get some extra points for the playoffs at the end of the year. That's cool, man. Yeah, Julian, uh, he, he definitely has a passion for this, and he's doing everything he can. He puts everything he can into supporting his team and his riders, and I love that he resigned you, man. He's, he's a really good guy, very passionate. Very, very passionate. Um, like you said, he, he puts his heart and soul into it. He's standing out at the track right now. He's been out there since I think they started riding at 10 o'clock, and it's almost 2 o'clock here, so he's been out there all day. He doesn't have to be, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's people that are taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of, but he's watching over everyone like a hawk. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be out there till four or five o'clock at night whenever I get done riding. Um, so like you said, he'll be at the shop, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning and he's, he's the first and last one to leave. And that was something I, I took into account last year because like I said, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but once I saw his work ethic, it it was it was nice to see because I'll I'll stay out there as long as I need to in order to get better. Um, so there was multiple days last year that it was just me and Julian out there until the sun was going down, and we were just you know doing suspension changes, whatever it took to uh, <laughs> to get where we needed to be. Oh, I love to hear that. Um... I know you want you got to get to the track here in a little bit, so I've got a few more questions for you. You did race the Super Motocross rounds this season, uh, Charlotte. You got third in the LCQ, made it into the mains. Chicago sixth in the LCQ, and you were talking earlier about leading some laps. You also won an LCQ at Los Angeles, so that had to feel pretty good. Yes, it's an LCQ, but still leading some laps, winning, getting a checkered period in a pro ranks. Again, building that confidence. Yeah. I was super unprepared coming into the playoffs. I was, my plan was to race uh, World Supercross, mm -hmm. and we had a two-month break, so that was kind of like my off-season. I wasn't doing much riding. I, I did a training school in Alaska, um, so I was just doing a, a couple different things that I wouldn't normally get to do, and I, I hadn't ridden for about a month before the Charlotte playoffs, so... I got the call and I went and raced and um, I hadn't been riding a 250 or a Cowie 250 either. I was riding a Suzuki 450 at the time. Yep. So that was a big change. And then um, did one day of riding and went and raced and I made it work. I, I tried my best, you know, with that little <laughs> prep. It was as good as I could do. But the, the one in LA felt really good. I, 
in front of a hometown crowd. Um, that was really awesome. And the Coliseum, it was, you know, like you said, getting a checkered flag, like in any pro racing is awesome. And to do it in the Coliseum was super cool as well. So that was, uh, just that whole race in, in general was a super awesome experience for me. And something i'll never forget good to hear uh did you like the three tracks or like any of the three tracks the the format being a little different what'd you think of it um i think i would have liked it more if i was more prepared sure sure makes sense Um, (laughs) charlotte it was it was so hot my tongue was in the spokes oh man the press box was nice and cool i don't know what you're talking about yeah (laughs) i I forget what the 20 plus two maybe is what it was yeah two of those i was smoked yeah i can't I can't say anything bad about the tracks. I think it's really hard to make a a hybrid track. I I don't know if it would ever really work. You know, they they've tried it a lot over the years and there's always something that's a little wonky about it, but at the end of the day, it's that's our job is to, you know, try to figure out how to go as fast as possible around the track that they provide us. So, yep. You can't you can uh beg and and choose what what you want as a fan and as a media guy that's what i liked about it is that it wasn't so it wasn't really easy for you guys to figure out you kind of had to choose well are we going to go off-road setting are we going to go supercross setting and even then neither one it wasn't a full supercross or motocross i liked the challenge that it was a struggle for everybody i thought that was kind of cool yeah i talked to i ran a full supercross setting at the first round Mm -hmm. which was way too stiff and then the second round was outdoor setting <laughs> and then the third i was back to supercross so yeah uh you know and i talked to multiple different people that went opposite of what i did you know so there was a whole it was a it was crazy for everyone nobody knew what we were getting into and i think that's the the beauty of it you know it was all pretty even for the most part i agree uh, you mentioned riding the Suzuki. You rode World Supercross with the HEP Suzuki guys, uh, you know, and, you know, I think went 20, or so you went 16, 28, I believe, uh, in the series uh, for, I'm looking for the overall. I don't even have the overall written down. I, I don't remember what you got overall, but. Um, I think again, I got 14th yeah. in the World yeah. Supercross. Okay, yes. I had, I had two rough, rough rounds at the beginning. Um, the first one, I. That was the first time I'd ever been out of the country, so oh. I didn't know how to deal with the jet lag or any of that, which was hard on me. And then in Abu Dhabi, I got a, a migraine, unfortunately, right before the heat race. So that kind of put a damper on my whole night. But this last one in Australia was, was cool. I uh, My starts were terrible, but I rode really good. Um, you know, some of the guys from AMA were there, and it was cool to to run up front with them and you know kind of it's kind of like a a sneak peek of your pace you know before you get to anaheim one so i i felt like it was really cool to run up front and finally show a decent result in the world supercross which i didn't do the two weeks before that yeah yeah you went six thirteen seven in that last one like i said for eighth overall uh yeah good showings and uh how'd you like working with dustin and the guys on at help um dustin's again another really great team manager yeah he's awesome and larry brooks as well Mm, of Um, course he i've known him since i was you know 10 or 11 years old and 
I've always wanted to work with Larry and it's never, never really aligned, but to be able to work with him and they have a great group over there. Um, you know, Travis, who was Ken's mechanic was awesome getting to work with Ken and, uh, Chisholm. They both Chisholm has a lot of knowledge with, with tracks and bike setup and how the track's going to break down. So that was cool to kind of listen in on that. And then, like you said, Dustin runs a, a really great team. So I have nothing bad to say about them. Good, good. Uh, last question. For you, what will make a successful 2024? Supercross. Um, I, I want to be top 10 in the, the point standings. And I'm looking to finish inside the top seven a few times. Um, my goal is top tens and um you know hopefully be up front in the the heat races as well i just want to everything i did last year i want to bump it up a couple positions and i think that's what a successful 2024 will be perfect hunter man appreciate a little bit of your time today uh before you go train good luck today get out there and rip it man thank you very much i'll see you soon sounds good see you buddy Bye. Thanks.